0: about that cigar how about that cigar hi i'm uh i'm a little punchy a little punchy today my brain is cotton candy it's I, it's been it's it's a lot of stuff going on hi everybody welcome to how about that cigar live episode number 104 104. Uh, it is our favorite night of the week it's Monday I am sorry guys I am lit up I'm just no I'm just exhausted a lot of work hours uh, so it's fine it's all good uh, we're excited to be here with you on episode 104 even though I may not sound like it I I am getting unwound and I'll be just fine so thank you guys so much for joining us on uh, on episode 104 as always live from the drew estate cigar studios and let's talk about the brand new beautiful packaging designs for the undercrown line the new 25 count design is more compacted shelf friendly enabling premium cigar retailers more shelf space inside their humidors these new boxes will roll out for all undercrown lines including undercrown shade undercrown sungrown and the original undercrown maduro a decade ago the staff at the Drew Estate factory realized they had to reduce their consumption of Liga Pravada number no. 9 cigars in order to keep up with consumer demand. These hardworking men and women in Esteli then created their own signature cigar to enjoy. Constructed with many of the same rare tobaccos found in Liga Pravada, the Grassroots Undercrown brand debuted, followed by Undercrown Shade and then the Undercrown Sungrown. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 104 live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. Um, so if uh, if you guys were fortunate, is you, are it, it, do you guys hear the clicking? The clicking, yes, Mark, it's live. Hi, I cannot. The Garrett's having trouble with his lighter, but my, I'll try oh, that one. Okay, I'll try this one. Um, so if you guys were fortunate enough to join us live. On Saturday we had a special Saturday broadcast did we and
1: Uh, oh yeah that's right we did
0: (laughs) and we were absolutely incredibly fortunate to have um the man himself Mr. Carlito Fuente was live with us for just shy of three hours it was uh it was just a fantastic afternoon we got to spend uh listening to him tell stories about him his family and his uh, And the, the legacy that they have in the cigar industry, it it was, it was honestly just one of the biggest treats, honestly, of my life. The, and to just tell you guys how, how much it meant to
1: us after we went off and, you know, had a few minutes with uh, Carlito in the, in the green room afterwards, we sign off, Matt and I sat here in silence for five minutes. Yeah. We didn't say anything to each other. We just took in everything that just happened in the last three hours. Yeah. And it was just incredible. It was, it was a, it was a, you know, a great, uh, great thing for HBTC, a great thing for, I think for cigars, for um, even people I know that don't get into cigars, watched at least part of the show and Uh, And really enjoyed it because Carlito is just a fantastic storyteller. Did I break it? Broke my lighter. (laughs) No, that's good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that, that was fantastic. And if you read the, the show headline, you will see that uh, Matt and I have each given each other uh, a couple unbanded cigars. We don't know what we gave each other um and the cigar that matt gave me i'll just i'll give a little
0: so it's uh it's toothy Yep. Yeah. so and garrett uh this the one that garrett gave to me well we gave each other a couple the first one i'm lighting up here let me get get a little fire on this and get it going starting off very nice um so yeah this is like a short robusto maybe uh i'm gonna say four and a half by 52 correct uh connecticut shade wrapper correct uh smell uh, the cold draw was really nice and and clean and kind of grassy uh and the first the first puff was really kind of had a lot of that natural connecticut shade sweetness mm-hmm. you know and bright bright kind of uh mild flavors it's uh starting off very well and this
1: is uh, so i thought it was going to be a bit of a spice spice bomb um but it's actually quite smooth it tastes old so it tastes aged
0: and not much more to report <laughs> <laughs> uh as much. always for our viewers we are so grateful you guys are watching uh, and for if you're listening on the audio podcast, uh, thanks so much for listening to us. Uh, let us know in the comments. Let's let's have some conversations tonight. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you guys are smoking and drinking along with us. Uh, in addition to my uh, uh, unbanded cigar that I just fired up uh, that I'm enjoying, I have a little bit of Ooh. my favorite uh, Old Forester 100 uh, in in a glass here.
1: Hey, and if you guys did watch that uh, Carlito interview let us know mm-hmm. what your favorite part was or something that you remember from that interview that yeah. uh, really s- stood out. Um, we want part of the show too, to be, uh, give us criticism, you know, things that uh, uh, you liked, maybe didn't like.
0: Yell at us, call us names. Yeah. We kind of like it a little bit. I won't go into all the details. But like a lot. Yeah. Um, so, You know for episodes uh for episode 104 you know coming off of just this enormous high and and you know the gratitude of having carlito on the show um we thought you know because we we couldn't land on uh scheduling a guest something about this particular monday night just we just couldn't get anybody lined up but we thought okay we've done this before garrett and i are going to swap some unbanded cigars uh, fire those up, talk a little bit about some of the things going on in the cigar world today. Um, and also, like we said, because Saturday was such a huge interview and a long, uh, a long show, like a three hour show. Um, plus we spent, it was sort of last minute cause we actually were supposed to have, uh, Jeremiah Mirafell, uh, to talk about the the family's wonderful Cameroon tobacco. And he was unable uh, th- at the last minute he was unable to be on the show. And Carlito was beyond gracious to step in. Uh, and Thank you also to the professor um, mm. Jose for uh, helping us get that, uh, get that all lined up. But, you know, a lot of last minute prep Garrett and I basically spent Friday night uh, late uh, each doing show prep and getting questions prepped and, and, uh, things like that because one of the things we want to do when we talk about these these stories and we get to know these people from the industry is there and we've talked about this before too there are a lot of great cigar shows out there yes and people have been for other people have been fortunate to also talk to carlito and we thought we just don't want to ask the same questions not because the questions the other people asked weren't great we just don't want carlito to have to tell the same story we want we want to give him something new to uh Kind of expand on a little bit. One of my goals is to
1: always have our guests say, "I've never been asked that before." Yep, and it was incredible that we got at least three of those from Carlito. So I consider that yeah. a, a big
0: win. and yeah. and it was also really cool that we had family in the in the oh comments. Gosh, Cynthia, I mean, we had Cynthia and we had Liana, Liana yeah. uh, in the in the comments. Uh, Jose and, uh, was watching. Jose was uh, Jose was in the comments and. It was just great. It was it was almost like, it, even though, you know these these aren't uh, you know people that we sit down with on a regular basis. It it really just felt like sort of like a family Zoom call. It really did. Honestly, it was a lot of fun. And um, Bear Bear Duplissy left one of the comments saying that he could listen to Carlito all day, and oh. I am I 100% agree. His it's not just the the actual stories that he tells, it's the way that he tells them. yeah, because he really is filled with emotion
1: and you know there are there are interviews that we've done where you know we've had some talkers and Carlito is certainly one of those. However, it is he does it in a way that is just so eloquent the the history, the passion in which he speaks from is incredible you could say you know carlito tell me about toothbrushes yeah oh in uh, (laughs) 1973 i was in you know and just go and he would just take us on a little trip to uh, wherever this memory brought him and it was a fantastic ride
0: yeah um and for some some sort of quick hit quick hit current events you know going on out there in the world um, I saw online today there's a there's a job opening for a shipping container boat captain. Hmm. Uh, you must be comfortable in tight spaces. Uh, please apply at uh, um, you know Austinpowers.gif.net.
1: Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah
0: that was <laughs> if you haven't seen that that gif of Austin Powers, it's stuck in the hallway backing up and it, it where they pasted it the, a picture of the shipping. The uh, that ship on the side of the it's just fantastic that is a perfect perfect and a, apparently that's not that situation's not going away anytime soon apparently it, it's well, all they got still it free they did but but the they're still it's like when when a traffic jam when when the the car crash finally clears on the freeway oh, yeah, that's true it takes a while to get things all move, and, and it's it's if you saw the backup of all the dots of the yeah, ships waiting yep it's gonna take some time to get that through there.
1: When I love the image of of uh the ship, you know, stuck right into the bank, and then you don't understand the massive beast that thing is until you see what is actually a huge uh
0: backhoe, backhoe yeah, come up
1: and it's like I'll oh, I'll give you a look <laughs> yeah. maybe not. And it looks
0: like it <laughs> serious it's like compare it like to an ant <laughs> like an ant trying to trying to push a a jeep <laughs> off of a curb that's stuck.
1: It really is. It's yeah. So. Oh, that's fun.
0: But yeah, go back and watch episode 103, listen to episode 103 with Carlito. Um we had an absolute blast as we do with all our guests, but you mm-hmm. know, uh no disrespect to our other guests, but give me a break. It's it's Carlito Fuente, you yes. know. So it was it it was it was the godfather of smoke. And we're excited to, uh, you know, hopefully be able to talk to him again. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of one of the things that we want to talk about tonight is, you know, in addition to we'll check in on on uh, how our unbanded cigars are smoking. Um, But we want to check in also on some stuff that we actually have coming up for How About That Cigar. And we did go back and forth on this a few times. So as you guys know, we had Scott Pierce and Josh Bursky from the PCA on a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, uh, had a great conversation with those guys. And we were we were very open about talking about how about that cigars role in as cigar media in in the world of premium cigars. And we were open and honest with questions about the the uh, the money that media organizations pay for membership, just like retailers pay a a membership fee. Manufacturers pay a membership fee. fee. Anybody who's going to be a member of the PCA pays membership fees. And, you know, we talked about us being a small, newer media company, whether or not we were going to actually be able to afford that. And what it gets you is uh, the money goes directly towards, you know, the regulatory fight. Um, And it also gets... Uh, entry into the PCA trade show, formerly known as the IPCPR. Uh, so we we would get entry into that trade show and we'd be able to cover it and go around and interview people and things like that. That is still not off the table. We are still not, it. we still may very well go online and renew our PCA membership, which we have been in good standing the past couple of years. It is not too late for us to renew. And uh, that could very well happen. Because we really do want to cover the PCA trade show because it is still the number one premium cigar trade show in the world. But there is a new player in town for the last couple of years making a little bit of noise in the in the premium cigar world. And it's a trade show that's not dedicated just to premium cigars. It's a it's the Tobacco Plus Expo. And it is it covers pretty much everything smokable as far as i know it's it covers premium cigars uh i believe cigarettes (laughs) Mm -hmm. vape Mm -hmm. cbd cannabis i think cannabis does it cover cannabis Uh, if you guys know if it covers cannabis let me know because honestly we're new to it Um, pipe tobacco pipe tobacco um vape hookah uh Um, things like that goat droppings goat droppings yeah which is a really like super niche market but super niche market (laughs) but it's up and coming. Yeah. No. Uh, so we actually were not planning on going to the TPE trade show. It was not something that was on our radar. It was, um, it just seemed to be too early in the COVID cycle, but very recently, um, well, not even very recently at all, the research we're doing points to the fact that the, uh, the, the COVID situation Is looking a lot better a lot more attractive to go out into the world and do things and
1: that was the big you know uh that was one of the big risks for us too as a media company small media company uh paying a big you know a big chunk of our annual um you know revenue to go and go to a trade show that may or may not happen you know that's a tough pill to swallow yeah, but now that is becoming less and less of a risk right. as more and more shows and things are opening up and yeah. Uh I understand TPE is like the first big show that um they're opening at
0: at um the Sands. Uh actually it's at the Las Vegas Convention Center. That's what I meant to say. Yes. But you are right that that trade shows are just starting to trickle in. And the, uh, the TPE trade show has made some pretty good noise in the premium cigar world. It really wasn't known as a premium cigar show, but uh, they've made some pretty good noise the past couple of years. And this year, when, it, when things started over the past few weeks, started calming down with COVID. And um, also, full disclosure, the TPE makes it very easy for media to attend the show. I won't go into details about it, but they make it extremely easy for media organizations to go and cover the premium cigar companies at the trade show, which we're grateful for. Mm-hmm. So we weighed the risk the, we, we and rewards. Uh, I went full Elmer Fudd there. You totally That did. was That was beautiful. So we weighed the risks and rewards. And so here's the risks. The risk of going is we put ourselves at a higher risk of, of COVID, but Garrett and I have both already been through it and come out the other side you know, healthy. Mm-hmm. The other risk is it's going to be lesser attended than it has been in previous years because it's COVID and a lot of people are still choosing to stay home. We totally respect that. So that's another risk. The other risk is there are going to be more restrictions on the trade show floor on all trade show floors than there have been in previous years. So the word I'm getting is we will be able to smoke there in the trade show but you won't be able to wh- you won't be able to go from one booth to the next booth with a lit cigar. You have to put on your mask and then go so basically you go to a booth if they offer you a cigar, you graciously accept it, you smoke it, you talk, and then when you're done, you put on your mask and go to the next booth. Whether or not that's the case, I still have to talk to the people at TPE and get clarification on that. Also, still have to we we don't know how the the uh the people who work the venue, the security people and the showrunners, how they're going to enforce said regulations we just don't know Mm -mm. we'll know when we get there Mm -hmm. um but the the risks on the other side here's the risks of not attending is there's such a low risk to going because it doesn't cost how about that cigar very much to attend the trade show the tpe trade show so that's a low risk and also Being a young, smaller media company, we have to do as much as we possibly can to build the relationships in the business. And that means FaceTime. That means being in the same room. I mean, reaching out to people and getting interviews on the show, that's all wonderful. But there's something different and more effective about being in the same room and building those relationships face to face. Mm -hmm. So we 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 take on more risk if we decide not to go. So we said we're going to the the risk reward was higher. Um, the, the reward spectrum was higher for us to say we're going to go. So we're going. Um, and uh, we're very excited to cover the trade show. We're excited to interview as many people as we possibly can and get to know about whether people, if people are gonna release new product or announce new product at the TPE, we'll talk to them about that, talk to them about core lines, just talk to them about anything. Just to, again, this is a platform to help these companies get their stories out there. And if we can help them to tell those stories in sort of a shorter trade show interview format at TPE, we're gonna do it. And taking that into account, it is entirely possible that we will also then in mid July cover the, uh, the PCA trade show. Mm-hmm. So this will be a good sort of litmus test mm-hmm. to see if we're even, honestly, we might not be ready for it. We might come out of the TPE going, okay, we got to get our poop in a group yeah. and you know um, but we're taking it. We're taking a lot of steps before TPE to make sure we're ready to do it. Right. I ordered some, some uh, audio equipment and stuff that we can bring with us and, and you know, make sure the experience is good for you guys because as viewers, we want you guys to get the stories about these, you know, if there's new releases to, you know, see the interviews and see the trade show and all that stuff. And we want to cover it properly for you guys so that you can actually see and hear everything without this garbled audio with it where you're completely drowned out by background noise and, you know, a video signal that, looks like, you know, a a 1990s QuickTime video. So. Wow, QuickTime. QuickTime. Yes. I, de- I I dove into the, you know, the Wayback Machine for
1: that. You went to the
0: <laughs> card catalog. I did. I did. And I'm just I'm just reminded too that obviously we don't have a special guest on the show tonight, but we do have a show sponsor who we love very much and want to make sure that even though we don't have a special guest segment our main segment of the show every week is brought to you by our friends at Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com the internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store corona cigar company offers you the finest handmade cigars humidors and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price you'll also find unique and limited cigars containing florida sun-grown tobacco as a proud american President and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borsiewicz, believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa for more info please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com another milestone uh
1: that will take place during the TPE is it'll be the first time that I'm going to fly
0: yeah yeah we we talked about that for a while um it was actually a couple of years ago um in 2019 not long after how about that cigar launched Mm -hmm. that we started talking about the trade show Mm -hmm. and garrett starts talking about driving there and i just like i said why what no Mm -hmm. what we're not going to drive to vegas from minnesota in july um and he's like well i don't fly so here,
1: here's a story about that. It's not some crazy, uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say crazy because people have legitimate fears of things. For me, it's not an actual fear of flying. I know that they're far safer than vehicles, um, but I have vertigo and I have a version of vertigo that is untreatable, that medications and, and um, I don't have the kind with crystals in my ear. So the manipulation stuff doesn't work for me. I've actually have um, at the uh, where your optic nerve feeds into the back of your brain that takes the signals from your inner ear and they all coordinate. A part of that is damaged and um, or just doesn't work correctly. So um, people with my kind of vertigo can have difficult flying. That's been my big uh, issue of, of flying. And I've just,
0: yeah, you know, so, and you don't, you don't, it's so bad for you that you, you can't even really get on an elevator. So high speed elevators, um, is where it happens.
1: I can take slow elevators for, you know, if, if it's an old building with slow elevators, I'm fine. If, uh, if it's a newer building and they typically have those banks that will take you from, you know, floor, you know, 15 to 25 or whatever. If I get on one of those high speed elevators, it's actually a little funny for everybody else in the elevator <laughs> because I immediately drop down to my feet <laughs> or to my, to my knees. Like I, I my knees just buckle. Oh. They just buckle. And <clears throat> it's, uh,
0: yeah, it, it, oh, Mark, it does. Mark says alcohol, but that's not going to work for Garrett. Cause Garrett's sober. So yeah,
1: sober 26 years. <laughs> So the plan is to go and get some happy pills from my doctor um, and uh, not try and overthink it because anxiety can exacerbate uh, vertigo. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, but I'm 43 years old. I've got to try it because not everybody with my condition has an issue with flying. Yeah. So it's not a guarantee one way or another. And, 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 Uh, The other thing is, even if I do have an an episode and only lasts for a few hours at most, it does suck.
0: If you've ever had. And it's only a three hour flight. And
1: it's only a three hour flight. So, So, you know, we're not talking jet lag and stuff that can. uh, So the really long international flights more than likely will uh, affect me one way or another uh, more than the average person. Uh, Just for, you know, uh, fun to. On a trampoline. If I jump on a trampoline,
0: <laughs> I'm trying to picture you on a trampoline.
1: Oh, it's fun. It cracks me up. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm on the trampoline for the next two hours. Oh. The ground. Like roller um,
0: skates. Remember back in the day? Did, did you roller skate back in the day? Yeah. No.
1: Same reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh
1: same reason. So uh 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 if I'm out on a boat all day. I'm on a boat. Sorry. I'm on a boat. I had to throw that out there. Um, I feel like I'm on a
0: boat for several hours after I get off. I can't get that to focus. For those of you listening on the podcast, I can't get this there. So this, uh, just checking in on the cigars that the unbanded cigars were smoking. This is the uh, short Robusto that I'm smoking that Garrett gave to me. And as you can see, it's burning pretty much perfectly. Uh, I'm not going to get cocky. I'm going to go ahead and knock the ash off now before it falls all over my shirt.
1: I, I genuinely have no idea what this is, but it is tasty.
0: <clears throat>
1: and I'm having a hard time not smoking it really fast.
0: Yeah, those, those I just smoke mo- fast.
1: I just want to destroy this. This is, is so also big...
0: very good. The short Robusto is very good. It's very mild. But there's good flavor behind the mildness. Um, Definitely, I mean, it's got a lot of those classic um, Connecticut shade things that you get. But I am getting a little bit of, you know, a little bit of pepper in there, too. Mm -hmm. I'm sensing some Nicaraguan tobacco in there maybe with it, Mm -hmm. uh, with a little bit of of spice. I don't really get any strength from it, but I get a little bit of spice, a little bit of kick from that. Uh, And it's, uh, again, it's burning beautifully. And you guys, this
1: is a fun thing to do just, uh, between, you know, people smoking, uh, give somebody an unbanded cigar. I was just talking to a friend actually right before the show who said he likes to do this with Gurkha, um, because it is trendy. I feel like for a lot of people to hate on a certain, you know, uh, cigar company, yeah, no matter what it is, if it's that company or others, it's fun to give people a cigar that you think they hate. Yeah. You know, and just watch them like, oh, this is really good. This is a good cigar. Oh, yeah. Well, suck on
0: this. <laughs> it's happened to me before. Oh, me, too. It's happened. It's I thought, so... a,
1: Cinco, I thought a, uh, a Cinco five Vegas. Oh, yeah. Was, a, a, yeah. Five Vegas. Five Vegas Connecticut. Gold. You
0: thought it was. A Cuban. I thought it was
1: a Cuban. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, last. So you remember last year we did the show with the guys from blind man's Puff, and they sent us some cigars and we sent them some cigars. Yep. And the first cigar, I was so embarrassed after this. I know. So the first cigar in the pack that we, that we Garrett and I lit up. The funny part is we're sitting there talking to Emmett and Zane from blind man's puff and smoking this first cigar. And the, you know, the, the so-called flavor notes that and everybody gets them differently, really. But there, there are a lot of similarities that you hear across the board with with uh, sort of characteristics that people talk about when they talk about a Cuban cigar. They'll say things like floral, um, grassy, um, sometimes so, like some sourness. Uh, and things sort of herbal kind of things going on in, in, in a lot of Cuban cigars. and you nailed it and I named all those I I, I was and in my head I'm going this is a, this is this is a Cuban. it's a Cuban. but I psyched myself out like no, they're not gonna send us Cubans to because they know we really don't smoke a lot of Cubans on the show. Uh, we don't review Cubans, anything like that. So I psyched myself out and I said that I actually said that it was a, a JSK uh, tyrannical buck. Connecticut yep. and Emmett said no it's a it's a uh, Siglo yeah it's a Cohiba Siglo one yeah I just I just sunk my head in shame yeah so you know that's just goes to show you that we are still learning right along with you guys um trying to figure out how to how to taste things properly and smell things properly and learn about what different types of because different tobaccos yeah if you smoke them enough you you'll learn oh that's that's Connecticut Broadleaf or that's San Andreas, definitely.
1: And the fun part about smoking an unbanned cigar, it truly removes so much bias, positive and negative.
0: Yep. That's one of the things we love about Blind Man's Puff. Oh, absolutely. Is they smoke, they do all the blind reviews with four or five different people smoking them and they compile the scores and everything. And people, people, and and I was with them for a long time. Uh, People don't, you just don't know what you're smoking. And I, there were some cigars that that uh, I reviewed on Blind Man's Puff during the time I was with them that were expensive cigars, really expensive cigars that I gave really poor scores to. And then there, were vice you know, vice versa. There was the opposite end of that spectrum too. So um, it's just a lot of fun to maybe not it, maybe not for training your palate, but just for um, just for like Garrett said, taking the bias out of it and just experiencing what you taste and smell that's it just what you taste and smell and see obviously but uh yeah this this little guy is very good it's got nice flavor to it um the more i smoke it actually the, it is kind of bumping up a little bit in uh maybe maybe that's part of that is the bourbon but um i'm definitely getting a little bit of that sort of sense of leharo
1: yeah and same the uh the strength and uh i wouldn't call it spicy but there's a there's a little bite that happens on on this that gosh i'm digging yeah i can't wait to find out what this is
0: and i am i can't guarantee it but i'm fairly certain you've smoked that cigar before that particular that particular facing that you've smoked it before i'm i'm fairly certain um but maybe that maybe not that vitola sure so one I'm uh likewise I mm. would I would go likewise if you you on that cigar yummy I dig it mm-hmm. um so going back to the trade show discussion um part of this also is for for our friends out there who are in the industry if you're a brand owner if you are a brand manager um if you're a brand ambassador for one of the cigar companies um, you know, we're, we're going to be sending out a lot of emails coming up here soon, finding out who else is going to be at the trade show and finding out who we can schedule some time to stop by and see. And we would love to um, we'd love to get to know as many of you as possible when you're at the trade show. And uh, part of that is, and if you guys want to, email garrett or myself right on the website the link's right on our website you can email us uh and say hey yeah we're also going to be a tpe and booth number you know whatever and let us know and we'll we'll reach back out to you and schedule a time during the the days of the trade show to stop by and and see what you see what you've got and uh you know do a do an interview and learn about your products um now we did, this is another big thing about the trade show. The, there's also the, the inter-tobac trade show, which is the international tobacco trade show, which takes place every year, typically in uh, Dortmund, Germany. And last year's was canceled because of COVID. And it was very recently announced that the one for 2021 will also be canceled. So that's that's a big hit for the international premium cigar market because um, the international market is different. If a lot of the brand owners who are uh, from the United States or a lot of the brand owners who are from uh, places like Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Honduras, without the trade show, that one-stop shop where all the people are there, Mm -hmm. then you've got to rely on Zoom and phone calls and even... Maybe multiple flights to and from Spain, Germany, Switzerland, Sweden, you know, just to get get in touch with retailers and get the FaceTime to get to know them. So I, I, I think the international trade show being gone twice in a row, two years in a row, I think that might be a big hit to the international premium cigar Especially in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. It's the restrictions are still pretty heavy Mm -hmm. in Europe and um, I don't think that's going to go go away anytime soon. So people are going to be kind of left to zoom meetings. Yeah. And it's, if you, if, if you're in sales, you know that um, it's just different. It's different making sales over, over a video call. Mm -hmm. Um, There's something about being in the same room.
1: Well, the cigar culture is such a personal culture too Yeah, that, you know, obviously you can make a sale over a phone call, email, all of that. But the relationships are what make this industry and this culture so special, so special. Um, that's unlike any other, any other industry. Um, so I think you're right. That's, it it is going to be a big hit and yeah, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Um, and one of the other things that we want, really, this is kind of a request that we're sending out there to our viewers and our listeners. Um, if you're watching live right now, and if you, even if you're watching later uh, on the rebroadcast, or if you're listening on the audio podcast, we want to know what you people want to see. We want to know which companies you want us to interview, which, which booths do you want us to stop by? Uh, what information, you know, what questions, honestly, but throw questions at us, mm-hmm. you know, for us to pose to different companies. We, you know, we may use those questions. We, we want to, that's the reason we want to go to this trade show. We want to go to TPE. We also would love to go to PCA to give you guys the information that you want. Mm-hmm. We don't want to just, you know, put together the info that we want you to see. We want you to tell us what you'd like to see. Um, because that's really why we do it so maybe so, there's
1: some obscure cigar company that apps, you know it's going to yeah. be there or some accessory or new cool thing yeah um, that we haven't because we don't hear about everything um, yeah we obviously have our fingers on the pulse of uh, culture pretty good but you can't know everything yeah you know in this industry and we don't pretend to so absolutely if if they unless
0: you're half wheel I uh, shit you not; those guys know everything. Yeah, everything. Charlie. And I hats off to them. Yeah, because they there's I don't I just don't think because they work their asses off at it. They do. So that's um, their full time job. But for most of them, but yeah, we 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 can't possibly, uh, you know, G- Garrett and I each have our own families. We have our own full time day jobs. This is a hobby, mm-hmm. and you know we do make a little bit of ad revenue, but the ad revenue goes directly back into making sure how about that cigar stays on the air. That's pretty much it. That's, you know, and that's what it's all about. Um, Someday we may make more, but that's not the goal right now. The goal is to get better at how about that cigar every day Yep. and make how about that cigar better to give you guys better information, more fun, more entertainment Um, and need that feedback. Yeah, we need that feedback. So let us know what you want to, what companies you want to hear from. If there's like Garrett said, if there's some cool new lighter that you saw, on TikTok or something, tell us about it. Uh, see, we'll see if we can find that that company at the at the trade show and and get the lowdown on what what they have.
1: Or if uh, you know, you saw a really
0: cool QuickTime Vine. A QuickTime Vine. I think you just mixed metaphors.
1: Yeah, and then or
0: mixed generations. Actually, and then
1: somebody tweeted a Facebook.
0: <laughs> somebody tweeted a Facebook. About the, uh, um, the the about this other guy's MySpace. Yes, we want to do that. And Friendster. Wow. I was never on Friendster. I wasn't either. I was on, so I did create a MySpace page. Uh, many years after my, basically like two years before MySpace completely went under, I created a MySpace page. I I spent three minutes just putting my name. And a silly picture of myself. And, you know, I like cheese or what some, mm-hmm. you know, and that was, I never logged into it again. I never looked at it. What was
1: that school one that kind of started? School uh, one. Yeah. That uh, you could like connect with your old schoolmates.
0: I don't, I always thought that was just Facebook. No.
1: So before, I didn't Facebook know there was another before, one. Um, it, it, it was this uh, somebody will know it. Uh, please put it in the comments. There was this, it was like class, uh, something class um, where you could, where you could sign.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Eric. Dope. I appreciate that. I'll have to, I actually, I don't think I ever had an
1: AOL account. Oh really? No. Mine was Biblio Chico. That was my aim name and it was also my um, msn name for a while and then i got and then i got yahoo messenger and i was top gunner maverick
0: oh that's so cheesy <laughs> top gunner maverick did you have the picture uh, did you have the picture of them in the plane no and the music danger zone no i had you know some (laughs) duck-lipped picture because with the backwards peace sign (laughs) and the the hat off the side going like that gold chain
1: (laughs) icq yes
0: icq i had that um but early on that was uh it was buena vista oh
1: buena vista so
0: if you're if you're old like me then buena vista was uh, I mean, this is pre- Google. This is this is late so '80s, early I, '90s.
1: Yeah, I did ICQ, and it was all command line. It was uh, it was on my Linux box
0: and Compuserve. Oh, God. Compuserve. Yeah, that was well
1: in GopherNet. So, uh, if you want to go into history of IT and Google and everything, actually, Google used the University of Minnesota's uh, search engine. Algorithm. They bought that from the U of M, and that was called GopherNet. Yeah. Um, and that's what you know we used, obviously, you know, here in Minnesota. If you were a student at the U or whatever, to find anything. Um, and uh, first, I think it started with uh, finding your uh, books, and um, and then it just expanded from there. But yeah. GopherNet was the OG Google. Yeah. Sorry, at the U of M.
0: I remember go go I I don't remember the year. It would have been early 90s. Um when I was so excited to get a 144 modem. I mean like yeah, I was over the moon and and so for those of you who don't you know weren't around during that period of time, a 144 modem is the equivalent of downloading one mp3 song a three and a half minute long mp3 song in low quality audio
1: right like four bit
0: yeah and you would be able to download that so i was so excited because i could download that song in less than a half an hour
1: Yep, one song
0: yeah one song and uh I was just over the moon when I got that 144 modem. I thought I thought it's never ever going to get better than this.
1: Oh, and when we went so and then when I went to Augsburg, they had a T1. Mm. And I remember being able to download an entire album in like 10 minutes. Yeah. And that was amazing, amazing. And now you can well, now we can stream everything, but you could literally download Yeah. An entire box set in less than 30 seconds.
0: Yeah. And I can, I mean, now everything is voice controlled and, you know, I can look at the cameras on my house uh, at any given time. And, and, you know, if somebody rings my doorbell or if, uh, and there's even microphones in the house that hear glass breaking this, uh, that this morning. So, um, I woke up, and I started getting the kids ready to go to school, and my wife had already been up, and I saw a notification on my phone that said the mic that, that the microphone in the kitchen heard the sound of glass breaking, and it'll also alert you if it hears a smoke alarm, things like that, and it said it heard the sound of glass breaking, and there's a little recording on my phone of the sound, so I listened to it. It didn't sound anything like glass breaking, but I could not for the life of me figure out what the hell the sound was. And it turns out it was my wife making her breakfast smoothie. It was the blender, <laughs> and the the stupid Google thought that it was glass breaking. Um, I didn't, how how did we get on this conversation? Social media, social media, oh, old social yeah. media, and AOL. Yeah. Well, and cigar. So going back to the early days of you know the internet and the world wide web, when it comes to, uh, people learning about premium cigars. Um, there are still people who don't realize he talks about it a, a, a few times. Um, there are still people that don't realize that Steve Saka was one of the first people. He was one of the first cigar bloggers out there. Uh, skip Martin also had a very early cigar blog. Um, and, you know, the early days, Carlito even talked about the early days of the uh, the Fuente family uh, discussion board. Mm. Um, that, that was yeah. maybe, uh, it might have been the first online cigar discussion board. I could be wrong about that. But it was, if it wasn't the first, it was one of the very earliest. So, I mean, all the stuff we have now with being able to stream this show live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitch simultaneously. And Twitch is new to us. You know, we just started streaming on Twitch and we're still learning about the platform. It's very different. You know, it's, um, we're just learning about it. Like I said, so if you're watching on Twitch, uh, thank you. And we actually did have a comment a live comment on the show that Carlito from Twitch? From Twitch. One, oh, really? One of the live comments on the on the Carlito show on Saturday Classmates. was, was from Twitch. Classmates. Classmates. Thank you.
1: Classmates.com. Classmates.
0: So uh, I think we need to check in, uh, do a final check-in and about these uh, unbanded cigars we're smoking and maybe throw out some guesses. So this... Uh, Connecticut shade wrapped cigar, short robusto, four and a half by 52 ish. I'm pretty sure it's four and a half by 52. Mm-hmm. I am. So at first, I was thinking that it might have been the. the. Uh, so I thought about a couple of short cigars like this. I thought um, about cigars. First, I'd just go to the Vitola that this particular size of cigar, and I start going through the Rolodex in my head, and I think, okay, what cigars are Connecticut Shade Wrap in around this size? And I think, okay, there's the um, Illusione uh, Rothschilds Connecticut. Mm -hmm. There's the AJ Fernandez Last Call Mm -hmm. Connecticut. There's the um, uh, Roma Craft Intemperance Mm -hmm. EC. Mm -hmm. There is... The JSK Tyrannical Buck, Connecticut. Uh, I don't even know what the name of the Vitola is, but roughly this size. There's, um, I think one of the, I think there's a short version like this of the AJ New World, Connecticut. Hmm. I think, I could be wrong. Um, and there's a few, oh, there's a, um, uh, the, Gran Habano makes a mm-hmm. Connecticut uh, Connecticut Deluxe, I think maybe it's called uh, in a in a like a Rothschild size sure. like this. Yep. Um, and I'm I'm sure there's others, you know, Connecticut shade wrap cigars in this size range, but I do like this one a lot, and and the more I puff on it, the more I get some of that. Uh, a little bit of that Lajero. You can even see a little bit of it, you know, where the cut is on the head of the cigar. I love that. Um, uh, if, if I had to guess, I would say that this is the tyrannical buck Connecticut. Wow. So that's, uh, I'm, okay. that's my guess and I'm sticking to it. Um, if, if this were box
1: pressed, I would say that this is a, uh, this would be a padrone. It's not box pressed. Not box pressed. So, like you, I went through my catalog in my head of all the cigars that, and
0: there are, and a plethora. Oh, what you say, I have a plethora? Yes, <laughs> Jefe, I would say you have a plethora of guns.
1: <laughs> if you know that movie, put it in the comments.
0: Yes. Please tell me somebody out there knows that movie.
1: Um, I got, I mean, I, I almost want to say it's uh tabernacle ish, but uh, again, um, I don't, I don't know of it in this size in the tabernacle. Um, it is. Uh gosh, it is so toothy. And I'm trying to think of all the cigars that are this toothy. Um, so obviously Padron in the tabernacle, some padillas can be this toothy. Um I think you're gonna stump me on this one, to be
0: honest. If you had to so if you had to name a country
1: san andreas um
0: so you're thinking san andreas rapper
1: (sighs) yes and no by the looks yes by the flavor no
0: if you had to name the country where the factory is nicaragua okay
1: Mm, no i'm i'm changing my tune on that i'm going to the dominican
0: okay um Yes, Javier. If I'm saying Javier, name. yes, Javier. Three amigos. Backwoods. Andrew. Yes,
1: <laughs> nailed it. Backwoods
0: are rather I totally, toothy. I totally gave him a backwoods. Totally. They are
1: very toothy. <laughs> um. So if if I'm then in the Dominican where they get this much tooth out of their cigars. Let
0: me pull up my phone here so I can pull up the info about the cigar without you seeing on the computer screen here.
1: Um, Gosh, I still want to go to Padron. And I, st- but it's not, it's not a Padron. It is not a Padron.
0: I agree, Andrew. It is too light. All right. So let's look at the stats. So I think you. All right. So since I guessed mine first, go ahead and tell me how far off the mark I was. Pretty far. Pretty far. Okay. (gasps) I know what it is. Hold on. Hold on. Let me take a few puffs here. I'm gonna I'm gonna get your stats. I know what it is. I psyched myself out again. I know what it is. I'm ninety-nine percent sure I know what this is. That is not the JSK tyrannical buck, Connecticut.
1: No, but that's a that is a huge compliment to Risty.
0: I know what it is. What is it? Bay. It is an Bay. Yeah. See, I psyched myself out again. And I named a JSK again. But yeah. I, I got it right in the end. I got it right. Um. So you, so.
1: In anything that I said, have I been remotely close?
0: Yes, but you psyched yourself out. Damn it. So it is made in Nicaragua.
1: <clears throat> okay. Is it San Andreas?
0: No. Yeah, I don't think so. So you said, what was the first descriptor you said about what the wrapper looks like? Uh, old, toothy. Toothy. And what wrapper leaf? Palapa? No. What uh, dark wrapper leaf is typically very toothy? I'm um,
1: um, uh, Now I'm embarrassing myself Corojo Broadleaf Broadleaf. yeah Broadleaf gosh
0: damn it so there are some things about this cigar you're smoking right now that are going to throw you off because it's a 2013 box so they're old
1: is it an AJ product
0: no it is the my father La Dueña oh wow Petit Lancero and so, and, oh my gosh. If, and if and you guys, if you guys can see on the camera here, that's the cellophane from a 2013, my father, La Duena, Petit Lancero. Yeah. Num- the La Duena, Petit Lancero, number seven. And that is your. Atta bay. So Atabay. there and you can yeah. see the 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 darkness on that You're on right. that band even. Yep. So there's
1: the out of I was not gonna get there. Good job. Good good job.
0: I yeah, I, I, I sort of redeemed myself a little. All right. So All right, let's go to cigar number two. Now this one. Also looks like Connecticut Shade.
1: I'm going to pull up the stats. um, Actually, I'm not going to pull up the stats on that.
0: Yeah, this one also, this is a Toro size. Looks like 6x50. Looks like Connecticut Shade. It's hard to smell anything in here. There's a lot of smoke in the air. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. When you guys, and don't do this with cigars in the humidor at the shop unless you buy them you don't <clears throat> stick the foot of the cigar up your nose um this, but there's uh like yeah kind of s- sour and grassy but also so like peppery and vanilla-y.
1: so you can see there's age marks where the bands used to be so, oh there are I didn't even notice that there's uh multiple clues here that so, this yeah, is a multiple banded cigar
0: there's some clues this I this has to be Connecticut shade it's if it if it's not it's extremely light Ecuadorian habano yeah this has to be Connecticut shade all right let's fire this next one up All right, um, actually, for you guys watching, leave a comment. let us know if the, if you've ever tried this, if you've ever tried smoking uh you know swapping with your friends some unbanded cigars and uh, a couple surprises that you had along the way. you know, something you smoked that maybe you thought it was a brand that you hated or maybe it was a cigar that you didn't think you liked or um just anything leave us some comments let us know what you have experienced before with that in the past good draw kind of the cold draw so it it taste the cold draw tastes young like it's young tobacco it's it's grassy It's grassy and I'm not, I want to use the word ammonia, but it's not really ammonia. It's not like under fermented. I mean, slightly under fermented tobacco, but it's not like that ammonia smell, that chemical ammonia. It's just sort of a little sour. Oh, Braden says. I haven't had a Habano wrapper cigar before. Any recommendations? Oh. I mean, that's honestly, that's, it's a great question, but it's such a broad answer because that is such a popular wrapper leaf. There are so many cigars on the market with, uh, with Habano. You
1: know what um, makes a really great Habano? And actually the whole series of different wrapper leafs by Camacho is a great way to introduce the a lot of different leaves. So if you go to any humidor that carries Camacho, you can tell it, it looks like the crayon box section yep. because they are very well colored and labeled and they make a great um, uh, Habano, they yep. make a great um, Corojo, they make a
0: great- uh, uh, Connecticut's good. Connecticut. The Criollo is good. Criollo. So the the in Camacho the um, the the one with the habano wrapper is actually the, called the Ecuador. So it's 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 habano seed tobacco that's grown in Ecuador, um, and that is a very very good cigar. Are you? I see. Now I'm struggling. The curse of the we used to have another. The curse of the bad. We do have another lighter here. The curse curse of the bad uh, bad lighters. We literally just filled these before the show went live. Um, also, I will say. Uh, Braden for, uh, for a Habano cigar with a very, that, that tastes really good, but also has a very good price point. Uh, I would, uh, there's, there's two I'm going to recommend. One is the Espinosa Habano, especially, oh, yeah. especially in the Toro size. It's a good price point. Uh, and it's a, it's a full on long filler premium cigar. And I highly recommend that one. Uh, another one I'll recommend is uh, the Jsk toothpick habano yes um, that another good price point cigar uh, it's a mixed filler cigar so uh, we've talked about that in previous shows mixed filler or Cuban sandwich is long filler obviously the wrapper leaf is 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 whole leaf and the binder is as well but then the the filler tobaccos are made from smaller cutoffs from uh, other production lines of cigars um, and the JSK toothpick Habano, uh, I think is, is a very good, uh, low priced entry into Habano cigars. My lighter speaking is, of Habano, I'm just saying, uh, I have to pull up the stats on that one to remind myself. Um,
1: also, uh, you know, shout out to Braden. Thanks for watching, brother. Uh, brain's my cousin. And uh, young guy, young family, just getting into cigars over the last you know couple of years. Um, and so I, I love that uh, you know, people that are, you, you know, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And here's the other thing. I consider myself a snob, but only about the stuff I smoke and how I smoke it. I never judge other people about the stuff that they enjoy. Um, I never look down on people for the cigars and the stuff that they enjoy. Um, so the fun part about being a new cigar smoker is, is going out. It's like, it's like going out to, you know, a grocery store and, you know, trying new ingredients and trying new foods and putting things together. It's this, it's this journey of finding the flavors and things that you like to smoke. These are all blended, you know, and there are so many different flavors and experiences to have in a cigar. And it's just a wonderful journey and your palate will do this roller coaster thing over and over again. Um, I'm finally now just getting out of a Connecticut kick and getting more back into some fuller flavor, you know, stronger cigars and after a couple you know maybe months it'll come back around that's just the evolution of of uh, a palate typically
0: yeah and I'll I'll say that the uh, also if you if you want to try some uh, Habano wrap cigars you know you get a little bit more of that spiciness from those Um, but if you're if you try some and you're not really that into it then dial back for a little while and and go back to like Sumatra and and Cameroon uh and, yeah. and Connecticut shade uh to get your palate ready to take the next step. Because if you try some Habano cigars and it's just too much for you, dial it back and give your palate more time to adjust and get ready for for the you know the next steps like Habano and then mm-hmm. San Andreas and broadleaf and and things like that.
1: And no to, so um, something that happened in the early nineties with cigars, and we've talked about it before on the show that Connecticut shade wrappers didn't used to be the mild medium cigars that many of them are today. But they found that the American consumer of cigars equated a lighter cigar wrapper with a lighter cigar in flavor and strength. And so then they started making it to market that cigar that way. And that's what the industry did for many years. And it's now just over the last five plus years that we're starting to see companies put out Connecticut cigars Mm -hmm. that are powerhouses that have a lot of flavor and Maduro's that are smooth and sweet and mild, you know? So, um, it doesn't always equate you know, dark with strong, light with light. Um, so be sure you know what you're buying. If you want a light cigar, not always a light wrapper will equate to a light cigar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The one, I th- I think we've talked about this before, but one um, example of that for me was the, um, the the Bayas Artes,
1: oh, from yeah. A.J.
0: Fernandez. It does. It it looks very unassuming. The packaging is beautiful and elegant. The cigar has this sort of medium light colored wrapper, and we've talked about this a lot. I don't get woozy from cigars, and maybe I was just maybe my, uh, maybe I didn't have enough to eat that day. Maybe, uh, who knows what the factors could have been. But that cigar gave me the spins, and it was the Toro size that cigar actually I was at Stogie's on grand mm-hmm. smoking that cigar on a Friday hearth with MHC and that cigar actually gave me the spins and that's happened to me in my life maybe four times um and i I remember looking at the cigar going why do I feel this way right now this cigar should I should not be feeling this way yeah but that that means that those filler tobaccos you're going to see a fair amount of lajaro and you know maybe uh, who know, I haven't I don't think I've revisited that cigar, probably because it scared the hell out of me. But um it maybe that cigar is not supposed to be that strong. Maybe just one came off the line with a a, a little extra Lajero in it. I don't know. It's strong.
1: It's um, it's a beast. I but mean, it got me. But everything, you know, the from the Bayas Artes to the um what's the other one that came out either the year before or the year after? The Bayas Artes,
0: the oh, the Maduro, the or uh, the AJ cigar, the AJ cigar. Uh, after the Bayas Artes, uh, uh, it's hard to remember with AJ. There's so gosh. many AJ cigars. When it's that,
1: uh, it, it it again, it's that uh, my father. Um,
0: uh, which my father was it? The uh and the, the uh, and- Antigua Antig- Dodd Antig- yeah that was one of the earlier ones that one that yeah. that's a, that I think the La Antigua Dada, I think came out in 2012 I want to say somewhere in that neighborhood um but that's yeah that's a very good cigar AJ did that one too didn't he no that's all my father is it yeah okay
1: I thought he did that
0: oh and Javier's got a good suggestion he really does that illusione illusion uh, illusionel, illusione. <laughs> yes, very good suggestion. Um, actually, any illusione cigar? I have
1: uh, never had a bad illusione cigar.
0: I don't know if I have either, honestly. And I, I'll be honest, I haven't smoked a ton of them. That's one of the rare brands I've. I've okay. Full disclosure: I've never bought a full box of illusione cigars. I have. I've, I buy them by the singles, by the fiver here and there. I, I've never bought a full box of that particular brand before. I bought but I for like a while.
1: Them. The Rothschilds were just so cheap and yes. such a great cigar, uh, like the entire line. And then um, I've bought some of the 88s, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Lanceros, and then. Um,
0: oh, and the HL, the Holy Lanceros. Oh, my gosh. They- <laughs> the Holy Lance is just. Yeah, if you like Lanceros, uh, if you go, if you find the, the Illusione HL. Uh, whether it's the Maduro or the original, just try it. Yep. You, you will really like it. And they're not too strong. They are not too strong. The one-offs.
1: Um, so new line by Illusione one-off. Uh, it's that one with the peace sign on it. They are priced a little high for, in, in my opinion, great cigars. Yeah. It is a great cigar. Yeah. I think you should try it. Um, it's just, for me,
0: uh, just yeah, the price point is a little it's, it's, it's a little steep. it's a cigar. I don't and and they price them accordingly according to the the yep. The, they're gr- not trying
1: to gouge anybody. It's higher
0: it's, grades of tobacco. It's
1: expensive tobacco.
0: Yeah, so they're priced accordingly. Uh, so but you just have to know what you're getting into. You know, mm-hmm. with the price point. Uh, but just like the Atabey that Garrett gave me that I smoked was my first uh unbanded cigar here. It's. I hear people a lot of times talking about, oh, this cigar shouldn't cost that much. But when you hear the stories from the people that make them about the extra steps that go into selecting the tobaccos for these cigars, a lot of these cigars that cost more money, the extra steps that go into selecting the tobaccos, that's why it costs more. Mm-hmm. Um, the, because the first of all, the, the tobaccos are more rare and they're scarce. That on its own is going to make it more. And it costs more money because they the yield from the bale of tobacco when they go when they open up the bale and they start sorting it the yield of that bale that is good enough to go especially for the wrapper leaf yeah. if it's good enough to be a wrapper leaf on an Adibay cigar or a, a Davidoff cigar or name name a dozen really high priced brands because
1: on this cigar yeah you will not see a vein yeah it's they. They do an incredible job
0: yeah. of. And also they only use the, So not only do they do an incredible job of sorting the tobaccos and selecting only the highest quality leaves out of that bale. The rollers that they have assigned at the factory to make certain cigars yeah. are the highest skilled rollers. They've been doing it for years, decades in some cases, and they are the highest skilled hands in the factory.
1: And this is a craft product. Yeah. You know, like any, any craft product, uh, the uh, the years of experience and craftsmanship that goes into making these products, you know, is reflected in the sale price. And again, you know, the, um, the price that we pay for these is still relatively low. Um, Well, taxes aside, uh, depending yeah. on depending on where you're hailing from. But yeah. uh, here in Minnesota, we're pretty blessed to have a decent tax mm-hmm. situation.
0: Yes. Um, so just to check in quickly on cigar number two, uh, I'm going to continue down the road of saying that this cigar, I won't say the cigar, I'll say the tobaccos in this cigar taste a little bit under-fermented a little processed like they like the tobacco leaves themselves didn't get enough time mm. in the curing barn or in the or, or in the fermenting palones it, it just it it's it's not a bad cigar it's as you can see it's burning very well um the smoke output's good the draw is great uh but the flavors and aromas are a little young a little not harsh but sort of sourish mm-hmm. and yeah mm-hmm. young yep under fermented.
1: This cigar is oily, and um you know you have an oily cigar when you get a little bit of a slick, especially on the roof of your mouth mm-hmm. and on your tongue, and uh, that means that it, it is a uh probably an expensive wrapper because not all good wrappers are oily um and i'm gonna go um so my first instinct was uh habano i'm gonna stick with a ecuadorian habano Gosh, it's so, the sheen on this too. You can see the sheen and that will indicate the oiliness as well.
0: Especially when, especially when you get closer to the burn line where it's warm. Yep. Because that starts to, the, the, the warmth starts to expand those cells in the leaf that contain those oils and express them out to the outside surface of the leaf. Yeah, this one is. Um, yeah, I just keep saying it, but it's young. But it's not like that one you gave me one time that I tossed it because it was so bad. That, that <laughs> I decided not to do that to you again. That cognac or whatever it was. Yeah, the uh, Maker's Maker, Mark. Maker, Maker's Mark. Yeah, that yeah. that I was not shy to say what a horrible experience that was. I I think I. I think I smoked it for about n- not even two minutes. Yeah. yeah, it was safe to say it was not even two minutes. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, one of the other things I had on the notes I wanted to talk about tonight is for for Garrett. I'll ask you this first. Mm-hmm. We all, like you said, you have you'll go through phases where you're really on a kick for a certain thing. What are you on a kick of right now? Uh, whether it's a brand or a particular cigar that you just are like, this is my everyday cigar right now. Um, what What are some of those kicks you're on right now?
1: Uh, so the brand I'm on a real kick right now is Adventura. Um, I have just really been in love with the entire line. Um, I bought some Adventura from from our guy, Ronnie. And, um, they make a Lancero that is, I've always got a couple of these. And, um, if, if you haven't had an Aventura really go out and check this out, this is the Conqueror by Aventura in the Lancero. He only puts this one out once a year. Um, so I don't know where supplies are at, but this has been
0: and the the robusto size in that is also really good. Yes. Um, so and I agree the that ever since we interviewed Henderson on the show, and he was very gracious to send us a few samples, and or well we we actually bought our samples from Ronnie, um, and then enjoyed them so much that we went and bought more and um that's a testament to cigars that you're going to enjoy is i mean honestly any cigar on the market if you smoke it and you say i like that enough to buy more that that alone should be very meaningful to the people that make it to the brand that owns it um if you if you if you drink a bourbon and you don't like it well enough to buy another bottle that says something. Mm-hmm. If you smoke a cigar and you don't like it well enough to buy another one, that says something about it. Um, if so, what you have to do is just you just have to try as much stuff as you can get your hands on, um, and then you start to fall into those 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 kicks that we were talking about, where you know you say oh, I'm really I'm really into trying a lot of Connecticut shade wrappers right now. I'm really into. Uh, like Braden's into wanting to try a lot of H- habano wraps right now. Um, right for me right now, uh, it's a cigar that we reviewed actually early in the year. Um, and I was excited when this was going to launch when when my father announced that they had bought the brand name of Fonseca for the U.S. market. Mm-hmm. I was very excited. And because I this was one of those brands that I always enjoyed, even even uh, enjoyed some of the Cuban Fonsecas. But I had a feeling that the My Father factory um, they were going to do right by this brand name. And since the year began, which is, I mean we're only that we're at the end of Q1, I have gone through two boxes of the Cosecos size of the My Father Fonseca, which is the smaller size, um, uh, sort of a petite Corona five, I think it's five and a half by 43. And I cannot stop smoking those cigars. Uh, I just reach, I, I, there are so many times, and we've all been there, right? You open up your humidor, or you open up your travel humidor, and you, you've got a lot of cigars in there to choose from. We're, we've all been there, where you go to pick a pick a cigar for the night, and you you're looking around, and you're just like, what? What should I smoke tonight? And there, over the last three months, there have been so many occasions, over and over and over again, where I open up that humidor and I'm looking around, and I just I'm like, yep, I got to grab another one of these Fonsecas, yep, because they're that good. They are so good. And that's been big for me lately. And I've also been on a big Connecticut shade kick really for the last year or so since the pandemic hit. Because I think a lot of it goes to I'm smoking so many more cigars than I did before that I don't want to overwhelm my palate by smoking five, six, seven really strong cigars a day. I'm leaning more towards a lot of, you know, Connecticut shade, Sumatra, That kind of thing. Yeah. Um some Cameroon blends that 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 are not ass kickers. You know, Hemingway's, Don Carlos, um uh the Chateau Fuente Connecticut's. Um Mm -hmm. a lot of the my father fonsecas, which it's not a strong blend. It's a really flavorful blend. It's
1: or again, going back to illusione, the epicure. Uh, is another great Connecticut that I've been smoking yeah. uh, lately. And uh, to Eric, um, I wouldn't tell you not to smoke that Maker's Mark, but I will say be ready for... Um,
0: A very different experience.
1: Very different experience. Now, I will say that the other one that they make with uh, King Louis, uh, that one is actually good. Uh, for a deserty, novelty-infused type situation, I did not care for the Maker's Mark version.
0: Yeah, I Matt liked I it clear- a lot. I clearly did not care for it, um, and I have I haven't tried any like the the King Louis and and I just don't gravitate towards whiskey flavored infused cigars if you want to use the term infused i we've talked about this a lot i'll smoke over the course of a year i'll smoke maybe two acids and three or four uh tobacco special um or some other or an or a nub macchiato <laughs> or something like that but it's it's just yeah. a rare thing for me but the specifically and and the infused, it's different. When we're talking about the Maker's Mark infused jerka, That's a
1: totally different situation. So then
0: you talk about cigars that have some leaves, some of the leaves in the cigar are aged in bourbon barrels. Like the Diesel Whiskey Row or uh, the Camacho um, uh, the one that's got uh, uh, bur- it's, it, it's got uh, the, the 10 barrel, the 10 yeah, barrel aged yeah uh, um, uh, Oh, I can't remember it right now.
1: So many cigars. And there
0: are other cigars that have the, you know, that have well even the añejo, the fuente añejo, the is the uh aged in cognac barrels. Um but that's different. Where you where they just take the leaves and they place them in a previously used whiskey barrel and let them sit there for a month, maybe two, maybe three, maybe longer. That's different than sitting it in a room filled with like vapor basically vaporized sugar and whiskey it's Mm -hmm. different um the 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 ones that are that have that infused whiskey flavor in them it's just it it's like cherry flavored candy it it tastes fake i know it's fake i don't like it and um it just doesn't work for my palate it 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 overwhelms the palate i can't taste the tobacco and the cigar Mm mm-hmm
1: I wonder if maybe this is a, uh, an experiment of all of those uranium barrels that we don't know to do with. Oh, there might be something there.
0: Make a nuclear nuclear fallout cigar. Yes. Um, that would be a great project for asylum. Espinosa. Oh, I was thinking asylum. Oh, <laughs> <Have> asylum. <laughs> to...
1: Well, how about a collab?
0: There you go. There you go. Call us, call us, reach out. We'll uh, Talk to
1: our people at the DOD. Um,
0: but yeah, you've got to just find um, find a tobacconist that knows what they're talking about and that actually cares enough to share the information with you. Um, there are great cigar shops out there and there are some cigar shops that, you know, either they don't know or they 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 can't be bothered to get up off the couch. When you, when you come into the shop and walk into the humidor to pick out some cigars, if they can't be bothered to get up off the couch and stop watching uh, the View <laughs> or or whatever, then uh, you know uh, may not be may not be a reliable tobacconist to get good information from. Um, but hopefully, over the course of the pandemic, a lot of these brick and mortar shops have realized, okay, we maybe need to step our step up our game a little bit. Because when you because I mean, how long were the shops in Minnesota closed for? Four months? Yeah, yeah, so they were closed for at least well like a, I think it was a month solid where they could not open at, at all. all.
1: No retail, no lounge.
0: nothing. They were at, they were completely closed doors for a month at least. And then <laughs> bless you. And then you. all of a sudden, okay, you can do curbside deliveries. Or you can do home deliveries. Uh, brick and mortars felt it, so I, I, I think I'm hoping at least that uh, those brick and mortar shops learned from this experience and maybe will choose to step up their game a little bit. And again, this is I'm not talking about all brick and mortars. If you run a good brick and mortar shop, thank you mm-hmm. and keep doing that. Um, but if uh, You know, if you're if if you maybe were losing the passion a little bit running your brick and mortar shop, I hope that the circumstances have brought you out of that funk and brought you back to a place where, you know, you're going to uh, bring up the level of customer service a bit. How's that? uh, How about that cigar?
1: All right. I've got a guess.
0: Okay, that's pretty early in. You're only you're not even to the halfway point. That's pretty good. H. Upman, Espan- Espanola, Hispaniola,
1: Hispaniola. Okay, that's that's my guess right now.
0: Okay, do
1: you want me to tell you? No, okay, we'll wait. Uh, oh, that's a great question.
0: Oh, Eric's got... Yeah, that is a great question. What is what is your White whale cigar, as in your number one favorite stick that you can almost never find. So Eric, I have to ask you to clarify. Do you mean a cigar that we have always wanted to try but never tried because it's so expensive or rare or a cigar that we tried once and loved so much but now we just can't find it? Like like it was a, it was a store exclusive that they only made 100 boxes of. I'll give you both. Okay.
1: I'm going to go with a... So the one that I've never had that I would love to just try once for the experience is a 1961, uh, 1961, gosh, it would probably have to be uh, Monte Cristo. Okay. 1961 Monte Cristo. So an old, old Cuban, an old Cuban. Yeah. Then my white whale currently would be the original release of the Anarchy.
0: Oh yeah. The Tatuaje the smoke in micro blend series. Yeah. I heard that. Uh, Cause I also never tried one of those and I heard that it was one of the best cigars maybe that ever had a tatuaje name on it yep um i have a i have so many as far as ones that i've never tried um so there's ones i've never tried that i actually could get my hands on one in particular is the the davidoff oro blanco Mm. but that's five hundred dollars per cigar so I'm pretty sure let's get a box. I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna hold off on that one. I'll just say I'm gonna hold off on that one. Um I would say as far as ones that you can't that, that they haven't made for many years, um the original Osaka. Ooh. The Room 101 Osak, the one-shot, one-kill. Um, that was an underrated cigar at the time. And then right after they, they were sold out of them, they got this unicorn status and yep. everybody started buying them up. And they didn't make a lot in the first place. yeah. And then they sold the brand to another company. Uh, the name, Or they sold the name yeah. Osak to another company. But those original Room 101 Osaks... I always wanted to try one, never have. Um but I heard it was phenomenal. Everybody I've talked to who has smoked one said it was one phenomenal. of the best cigars they've ever had. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um the original Tatuaje Frank monster <laughs> series uh and the Frank is getting re-released. They're doing the yeah. uh Pete Pete's doing the redux of uh so they're going to basically go back to the beginning and each year now do a redux of the whole monster line so the Franks are going to be coming out uh, as a redux and then they're gonna go back through the series again, um, which is great because, and and Pete's talked about it, it's true, it's not gonna be the same cigar, but they're going to do the best they can to emulate what the original Frank was and try to, try to put that on the market. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited for that. And then the other monsters that I love, the JV13, the Jason, uh, that Jason was an ass yeah.
1: kicker. It kicked my yeah. ass.
0: And I have one left of the original full-size Jasons. I have one stick left in my humidor. Uh, it's one of those cigars that I think, okay, I'll probably never smoke this, but I'm going to. I, I just...
1: wish I wouldn't have smoked it. So I traded uh, a bunch of good stuff for a Jason last year at Ristafari. Mm. And I was an idiot, and I smoked it that night. I was. It was probably cigar number five. Um, on the day which a cigar like that you should do it on a clean palate full stomach yeah and i didn't do any of that it was like uh so after we had carlito on saturday Mm -hmm. we smoked two opuses yeah and then i had that um lancero uh that you gave me from
0: oh uh, yeah the uh uh well the Probably an an old Nat Sherman Lancero. old Nat Sherman
1: Lancero. Couldn't taste it. Shocking.
0: (laughs) It was a Connecticut shade wrapped uh, eight by 38.
1: Went to go play poker with some guys and I opened up my humidor and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, you know, I'll just keep, you know, going and, um, you know, lit up a Siglo 2.
0: what an idiot couldn't taste
1: it what an idiot and then i realized you know just a a couple puffs in but you got to finish it because it's a great cigar yeah uh so after that it was just like i was like okay do i have any catalog things in here now yeah
0: well it's just like when we review cigars yeah when we review cigars we want to come into it as the first cigar of the day and if we're going to review a second cigar that day you want a long period of time to let your palate rebound uh and um you know get back to sort of a clean palate
1: and acidic things really help to cleanse that palate yep. and get that palate clean so coffees citrus you know citrusy things um and then uh, you know obviously brushing your teeth doing all of that will help to uh cleanse your palate but yeah.
0: Um, so I'm trying to come up with a guess on this cigar and I'm, I'm struggling. It's what's that? You're not going to get it. Yeah. I don't think I will. It's, um, it's a cigar that I don't, I don't think I would buy it again. Um, it's, it's not awful, but it's. It just tasted like they, like I, I've already said a hundred times, they should have let these leaves um, ferment for just a little bit longer. All and, right. and, and I, and I
1: will say that with this particular cigar, not every cigar has smoked the same. Okay. So, um, you didn't get one of the better ones, unfortunately. And that's been about, a, I want to say 25% of the box. That i've that i've noticed which is unfortunate i'm sorry
0: no no need to apologize
1: i'm sticking with my h Upman. okay where am i at how close am i
0: um you are far away <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> you are far away
1: are we are we uh are we in the dominican
0: I believe so. As far as the factory goes, I believe so. Yeah, let me double check here. Um yeah, factory Dominican Republic.
1: It just it tastes Dominican, so um is it a is it a Habano?
0: Technically, yes. I I believe so. Technically, yes. All right. Is, uh,
1: no, that's Nicaraguan. Um,
0: it is a very well-known and established cigar brand.
1: Shut up. Is this a, is this a, uh, mm, Is this a late hour?
0: No. That's another cigar that's got some. Uh, um, this has some age. Uh, what is it, Scotch? Scotch barrel. I think one of the leaves is, yeah. is aged in a Scotch barrel. I think. I don't remember the aging process for those, but there is something to do with that with the, the uh, the late hour. That's not a late hour. I will say. you are on the right wavelength. Mm-hmm. I'll say with this one, I am, and again, I psych myself out and the bourbon is playing a factor here. I'll, I'll, I'll throw up all the excuses I can, I promise. Um, I am getting a few things here and there that that give me a little bit of a cuban feel but i don't think it's a cuban cigar um if it is i don't know it's here's the back of the band oh i know what that is I know what that is. Yeah. And, and you already had, I've already smoked one of these yep. and this does not taste like right. the one I'm I saying? smoked before. See what I'm saying? It's Oh, so they got some inconsistency. They do issues. So this is uh, Makaleha, a Hawaii Hawaiian from, from Kauai cigar company. And um,
1: now the good ones are obviously very good. Matt will tell you he smoked one, loved it. It was great. I can't get it to focus super unique and it is more on that sour palette. Um, even, you know, the, the, the better one is more it, soury citrusy. Um, but the good ones are sweet and smooth and, um, have that, uh, you know, it doesn't taste it, you know, like Matt was saying unfinished. I remember
0: the, the other one that you gave me, the first one of these that you gave me had a buttery kind of component. Yeah, that's right. And this does not have that. This, it just tastes, it tastes like it needed more time. Uh, the tobaccos needed more time before they got rolled. Um, but I will, I'll revisit these and, and get some more just to, uh, you know, just to see. But yeah, inconsistency. That's one of the other things you guys know. Talked about it a hundred times. It's a handmade artisan product that's made with natural materials. So um, consistency is very difficult. That's why the companies who... Typically, the companies who have really great consistency uh, sell a lot of cigars because people keep going back to them because they always know what they're going to get. Well, let's let's do the thing. Should we do the Should thing? Should we do the thing before we do the reveal of yours? Yeah, because yeah, I I, I want
1: another shot. I want to keep... Yeah. Doing this. Let's do Um, it.
0: Okay. It is now time for this week's Numero Numero de de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Smoke In Cigars. Take just a few seconds, guys, and watch this spot about Smoke In's Cigar of the Month program. All right, Numero de los Muertos, episode 104, brought to you by Smoke in Cigars. Garrett, what do you have for us?
1: So, I have got a 20-year average in the U.S., 280 people fall victim to this.
0: 20-year average in the United States, 280 people Mm -hmm. a year. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I thought was, which I thought was really high two eighty. That is a, it's a higher number than we've had recently. Mm-hmm. All right. As always viewers, if you guys have guesses on YouTube or Facebook, leave those in the comments, guess along with me.
1: And here, so I'm just going to start us off. This is a guess I have never seen on oh. our show.
0: Okay. That's going to make it tougher. That's going to be tricky. Mm-hmm. All right. It's never been guessed. Okay. So United States only, Mm -hmm. um, is it an illness? Not medical, not medical. We're going to put this in the
1: accident category.
0: Accident category are, does it, does it happen in any kind of a, a vehicle? Yes. Most of the time. Are these land vehicles or air vehicles? Land vehicles. Land vehicles falling through windows.
1: Well, that's that's a great guess. Yeah,
0: it is not. All right, vehicles. Um, land vehicles. Um, accidents. Mm-hmm. United States, two hundred and eighty people a year. Um. Are these two wheeled or four wheeled vehicles? Yes. Okay, so it doesn't matter. Killed by airbags.
1: Ooh, Eric. I might have to do that one. That's that,
0: not it. That's not it. Good guess, though. That was a great guess. Um,. Does the victim, is the victim typically inside the vehicle or outside of the vehicle? Inside. Inside the vehicle. Um, hitting cattle, Eric says.
1: that. That's a good guess too. It is, is it
0: not? Is it hitting deer? Is it hitting an animal? Mm-mm. It's not. Okay. The victim is typically inside the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, is it... Does it have to do with the elements? No. So it's not about like whether your car breaks down and you freeze to death in your car. Correct. Um. Driving off a cliff.
1: No, Thelma Louise here.
0: <laughs> no, no Thelma and Louise. Um. Does it in? Does it have anything to do with? the exhaust fumes from the vehicle Mm, mm -mm. no okay um are the vehicles in motion when these deaths occur not always not always um does it involve trains yes it does okay is it people trying to cross a train track when the signal's down
1: or cars being stalled on train tracks
0: cars stalled on train tracks, or
1: pedestrians trying to cross in front of a train
0: are you serious yeah oh like the light rail in minneapolis Mm -hmm. oh i've seen people i've seen people barely walk past the tracks before yeah
1: So I couldn't, I couldn't find the stat where it was just vehicles only that didn't include that pedestrian, um, stat. Um, yeah, 280 people on average last year, for whatever reason, it was 14% higher than it's been in years past. But, uh, yeah, 280 people die either, um, stalling out on tracks or trying to, uh, beat the train or running across the tracks. Nice. Trying to beat the train. Nice. then there was a whole nother, like uh, a bunch of, so, uh, in total, uh, close to 1600 people a year die from train accidents. Wow. Um, either, um, train jumping employees at train yards. Um, there was all of these, uh, stats but the one that I decided to, to pick was the uh...
0: that yeah that's I know that happens a lot where people people working at the rail yards you know especially you know they get pinched between two cars yep um yeah Eric says he saw while working in downtown Minneapolis as security I saw three people hit by the light rail I'm not surprised I've uh, when I when I was still actually going to the office, in Minneapolis, I saw so many people jump in the tracks when the uh, when the the trains were coming through, and uh, I mean, all it takes, especially in Minneapolis with the ice and everything, mm-hmm. it just takes your foot stepping in one wrong spot, and you're done for. Um, so that was a good one. Thanks, man. That was a good one. I like that one, and I, I especially like because I actually got the guess right.
1: That's two weeks in a row,
0: and that was this week's. Numero de los muertos. Numero de los muertos. Brought to you by Smoke, Smoke In. In. So, all right. Let me let me
1: uh, take one more poke at this.
0: That's what she said. Uh, I mean, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're thirteen. I am such a child. So,
1: I'm gonna. Uh, Okay. So So you
0: were on the right track.
1: Yep. Um, Think
0: about the look at the age. Yeah.
1: And I'm going to last, last, last poke at this is going to be, I don't know a Fuente that has this particular Vitola, but now I'm thinking that it's Cameroon, which is technically a Habano because of the seed Hmm, Isn't it?
0: Jose would beg to differ.
1: Okay. Then maybe not.
0: Um, so you mentioned a little bit ago the Davidoff late hour, which it is not. Okay, so but it, think about that family of brands. Oh, is this a an Avo? It is.
1: Is it the Uvasian?
0: Nope. It's a limited edition, and it's old. So you're smoking the AVO Classic Covers 2015 Volume 2. So it is from the... OK Cigars Factory in Dominican Republic. It has a Ecuadorian 702 Moron wrapper, which I believe is a, a, a
1: Habano variety of Habano. Habano.
0: Yep. Uh, the binder is Mexican San Andreas and filler leaves from Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. 6 by 54 Um price back in 2015 when they came out was $16 per cigar.
1: Jeez. It's it reminds me um, of
0: happiness. <laughs> That's a good thing, right?
1: It's delicious.
0: Yeah, I, I did smoke one of those because they had the volume one and the volume two for the classic covers series in 2015, and I smoked one of each, and I did like this one better.
1: Do you have the rapper? Do you I have, do. Or yeah. The
0: the wrapper. Uh, the, the rapper Craig did that. Craig is gonna. Craig he, is gonna call us out for that. Yeah. So there's the cellophane, Solo. and here's the main band, and here is the secondary band. I have never had this. I think they only made 50,000 cigars. And so both of the cigars that you smoked on the show tonight, I found, so sometimes, guys, you got you to gotta hit up your brick-and-mortar shops uh, and look for the brick-and-mortar shops that, you know, maybe are smaller because you can sometimes find cigars that have been on their shelf for years and years and i found both this so this is a 2015 box of avos and uh the um the my father la dueña that you smoked like i said well the good thing about everything that comes out of the my father cigar factory is they actually stamp box dates Mm -hmm. on their uh, on the bottoms of the boxes uh and these were a 2013 box so uh and i found these both at a small little cigar shop it's really it's a it's it's a, uh, what do you call them? Uh, where you can buy hookah and oh yeah, all the other stuff. A okay, head shop. A head shop. So with a with a humidor, and all of a sudden I find all. So I will be going back to the shop, and no, I'm not telling you,
1: <laughs> honey hole. <laughs> I'm
0: not telling. I'm not telling you where the shop is, uh, because they have a lot of good old cigars on the shelf that just they just they they sell mostly hookah and. Cigarettes and loose cigarette tobacco and um that kind of thing. Have you ever done hookah? Uh-uh. Oh no. I don't know if I would like it because it's mm. it's it's there's a lot of flavors going on, right? It's like fruits and herbs and stuff like that. It can be, yeah. Yeah. I I I don't know if I would like it. I'll try it, I guess. Is it an inhaled product? Because if it is, I'm kind of not into it. Uh, some people do. Okay.
1: Some people don't um i don't and um i mean it's been
0: i mean i would retro i would retrohale it just to get the experience and try it but i would imagine it's kind of like pipe tobacco where there are thousands of different flavor combinations
1: yes yeah and then you can even combine them still um and the the key to really good hookah from my limited experience is having good coal and the the good flavors because like anything else pipe tobacco or anything else flavored you can tell the cheap from the good stuff okay and uh there is good stuff and it's
0: you know i might try it someday i mean there i i again we're going to the tpe trade show in may i don't Ah! really know much about it there may be an opportunity there for me to try hookah for the first time i don't know i might try it i might not uh we'll see um So let's talk about, uh, normally we do the lightning round with a guest, but you know Garrett and I pretty much know each other, so Mm -hmm. we're going to skip the lightning round, and we're going to go right into this week's Notable Smokable. And as always, guys, Notable Smokables on How About That Cigar Live is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime Cigars. Ace Prime, Notable Cigars, Notable Passion, Notable Purpose. So as Garrett is looking up his Notable Smokable for the week, uh, my notable smokeable was uh, purchased from our good friend Omar at Ramsey smoke shop and the black studio hyena was a, uh, a limited release from black studio and Oveja Negra brands. And uh, I, I, I like to always um hit up Omar for some of the black label stuff when it comes out, because he's the only shop in the area that carries it Um so I know I'll pretty much always be able to get at least a fiver and I have been a fan in the past of a lot of the stuff from Oveja Negra and this one was no exception. It's a, it's a very good cigar. I got the Lancero size. I was hoping for the Corona, but he was all out of those. So I got some of the Lancero size and I enjoyed it very much. Uh, very, very, very flavorful. Uh, just, tons going on in that cigar Mm -hmm. from a flavor perspective uh and it burned great you know like they like they pretty much always do so that's my notable notable smokable this week
1: and my notable smokable was brought to us by byron Mm. the uh the four-year uh reserva and it was a chocolate bar of deliciousness it was just really good it was uh just dark flavors yet smooth
0: and mm, scrumptious (laughs) yeah and that's another one of those examples of a higher priced cigar but when you really learn about the uh the materials that go into that cigar and the hands that make it the
1: process and everything yeah
0: it's more more goes into it so that's why those cost a little bit more
1: it's like going to buy Wagyu yeah, yeah, you can get a great ribeye yeah, yep. at your local butcher or even grocery store. Yep. But every once in a while going and spending. That's right. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah. And uh, or, or if you're into wine, you know, you can get a good bottle of wine for from eight, Alabama f- for eight bucks from from Alabama. Alabama wine is some of the finest. But no, you can get a really quality bottle of wine for eight bucks. Yep. Um, and but every once in a while, you you really put in your research you go and you find a bottle that you that you've actually researched and looked for you find it and maybe it's 30 40 50 bucks maybe it's more it's you can if if you pay attention you can taste the difference and the same is true with premium cigars so that is this week's notable smokable brought to you by Ace Prime um Improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. So, <coughs> pardon me, to give you guys an idea of stuff we have coming up in uh, in the next week or so, or even beyond that. So, a week from tonight on April 5th, we are going to talk to Chris Monaco and Jeffrey Amendola of the Amendola Family Cigar Company. And then, jumping forward, we are working on the weeks in between there, but jumping all the way ahead to... April 26th. So, Saturday, this past Saturday, we, as as you guys know, we had Carlito Fuente, the legend himself, on our show. And we are also very fortunate that on April 26th, we're going to talk to the queen of cigars. First lady of cigars. The first lady of cigars. Cynthia Fuente. Mm. Live on How About That Cigar on Monday night, April Mm. 26th. So, and much more to come. Obviously, other shows coming in between there. So, uh, but just always mark your calendars and go and click the set reminder so you always know when we go live on Facebook and do the same thing on the YouTube channel. Go and subscribe to the YouTube channel and click the bell so you will never miss when we go live. And that way you guys, because we want you guys to participate in the conversation. Yep. Uh, leave comments and questions and things like that along the way, just like we did tonight. So um, as always, you guys... Uh, follow us on social media at HBT Cigar. Uh, that's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. Um, and also, uh, as always, if you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, you can find us on HowBoutThatCigar.com. Send us an email directly from there. Check out the reviews and the articles that we have on there. Garrett just posted a great article today uh, of something brand new that we're doing on How About That Cigar, which is we're going to find companies out there in the cigar world that maybe you don't know a lot about and we're going to give you information about those companies and the people behind them and the people who uh put in the work and the effort and the passion to make those companies so uh check that out on the website that's a new feature uh and as always guys we thank you so much for watching and listening we're grateful to you for being part of how about that cigar and until we see you guys next time burn cigars not bridges see you guys thanks everybody